And I appreciate you being here this evening. I want you to take your Bibles this evening, if you will. We're going to turn to a very familiar passage of Scripture. Uh, we're turning right back to where we were on Sunday morning. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter number 29. In your Bibles tonight, Deuteronomy chapter number 29. And some of you remember we were, we were there uh, this, last, this last Sunday morning. So... Deuteronomy chapter 29, we're going to read, um, I, originally I didn't plan on reading this much scripture, but I just feel like that uh, it, it'll be good for you to hear it, and, um, and so we're going to read a little bit more scripture than we normally would on a Wednesday night, and so Deuteronomy 29, if you're able to stand, why don't we stand, give you an opportunity to stretch your legs one last time, and I'm not going to be long tonight, but it'll help you to stand and stretch your legs if you're able. Deuteronomy 29 and verse number 17. We're going to start there. The Bible says, And ye have seen their abominations and their idols, wood and stone, silver and gold, which were among them. Lest there should be among you, and this is where we preach Sunday morning, some of you remember. Lest there should be among you man or woman or family or tribe, whose heart turneth away this day from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations, lest there should be among you a root that beareth gall and wormwood. Now, as I was studying that message and God was working in my heart about that message, God showed me something else that I just, I've got, I, I want to show you tonight. Look at verse 19. The Bible says, And it come to pass, when he heareth the words of this curse, that he bless himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace, though I walk in the imagination of mine heart to add drunkenness to thirst. The Lord will not spare him. But then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy shall smoke against that man, and all the curses that are written in this book shall lie upon him, and the Lord shall blot out his name from under heaven. And the Lord shall separate him unto evil out of all the tribes of Israel according to all the curses of the covenant that are written in this book of the law, so that the generation to come of your children that shall rise up after you and the stranger that shall come from a far land shall say when they see the plagues of that land and the sicknesses which the Lord hath laid upon it and that the whole land thereof is brimstone and salt and burning. And by the way, church, for what it's worth, it's still that way to this very day. Where God, where they at least believe Sodom and Gomorrah was, it's nothing but desert. That's just about all that it is. And that's what the Bible's talking about here. And so the Bible says, Nor beareth, nor any grass groweth therein, like the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah, Admas, Eboam, which the Lord overthrew in his anger and in his wrath. Verse 24. Even all nations shall say, Wherefore hath the Lord done thus unto this land? What meaneth the heat of this great anger? Then men shall say, because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord God of their fathers, which he made with them when he brought them forth out of the land of Egypt. For they went and served other gods and worshipped them, gods whom they knew not and whom he had not given unto them. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against this land to bring upon it all the curses that are written in, his, in this book. And the Lord rooted them out of their land in anger and in wrath and in great indignation and cast them into another land as it is this day. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. And our text tonight, of course, is verse number 19. 
And the Bible says, and it come to pass, when he heareth the words of this curse, that he bless himself in his heart, saying, I, have, I shall have peace, though I walk in the imagination of mine heart to add drunkenness to thirst. Thank you for standing. You may be seated tonight. I'm going to mark the clock. I don't think we'll be late, but man, I hope you'll, I hope you'll hear me out this evening. I love, a, I love a sermon. I love a happy sermon. I love a motivational sermon. You know, we preach a lot of those here at Calvary. Um, that's not what tonight is. Tonight's an instructional sermon. Tonight, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of stories. I don't have a whole lot of illustrations. And if anybody loves to use illustrations, man, this guy right here loves to use illustrations. But what we're going to do tonight is we're just going to work our way through Deuteronomy chapter 29, and we're just going to give you the word this evening as, as it is unfiltered. And, um, and I hope it'll, I hope it'll make, uh, make sense and I hope it'll be a blessing. I know this. Our young people desperately need some direction. And they're not getting it. Uh, they're not, definitely not getting it in the public school. And, they're, and, and unfortunately, a lot of times, they are no longer getting it from home. And by the way, the church is not designed to take the place of the home. And, and we're not... We're, we're, we're not going to try to do that tonight. But, uh, but I, I just said all that to say this. When you come to the house of God, when I come to the house of God, we ought to know we're going to get truth when we come to the house of the Lord. And unvarnished and unfiltered. And, uh, and that's what it's going to be tonight. And, uh, and I just, uh, because, and I know I'm preaching to the backbone of the church tonight. If there's a strong, if there's a strong body in the church, well, this is, the, this is it tonight. Um, but also understand that uh, a lot of folks are watching by, by way of live stream and, and then this message will go out on the airwaves and the radio broadcast and, um, and so it's going to reach out to a whole lot of other people and then uh, we need to know what we believe and a lot of times when you come on a Wednesday night like this pastor, the Lord just uses pastor to confirm what you already know is, is right in your heart uh, but then uh, the, the Lord uses a Wednesday night like this to give you scripture to go along with what you believe. And so it's, it's, it's great to know what you believe, but you need something to back it up with uh, because you're going to come against it in the break room and you're going to come against it at family gatherings and you're going to come against it in school and college uh, and the classroom. And you need, to, you need to be able to say, well, this is not just what I believe, but this is what the word of God says. And so I have so many verses tonight there's no way I can give you all these verses. What I'll do is, if you're taking some notes or you want to just jot them down in the margin of your Bible, I'll just sort of spit some references out and you can jot them down. If we don't have the time to go to all of them tonight, and you can go back and, and look them up in your devotions. And, but you'll have them. You'll have them there. And so that's, that's sort of what we'll do tonight. And I want to talk to you about that subject, bless your heart. Bless your heart. And uh, so let's go to the Lord and ask God to help us tonight. Father, we love you. Thank you for your blessings. And Lord, we're uh, thankful to be here tonight. We're appreciative of your blessings. Uh, Father, we're very blessed. Thank you for this beautiful facility that you've given us to worship and meet together in and learn together in. Thank you for giving us the beautiful word of God. Uh, Lord, that just tells it like it is. It just, the, the word of God just it is very pointed. It's, it's very honest. It's very candid. 
And so, Heavenly Father, we're just going to do our best to, to give the Word of God tonight in that same exact way. And so, I pray that you would help our hearts to be open, help our minds to be receptive. And, Lord, I pray that you would just confirm in the hearts of our people what I know they probably already believe. And then, Lord, I pray that you'd work in the hearts of our young people. And maybe, Lord, maybe there's a young person here tonight that's a little confused on some issues. Well, Lord, I pray tonight that you'll show them what the Word of God says. And then, Lord, I pray that you'll work through the live stream this evening. And, and uh, Lord, just help truth to go out over the live stream and over the radio broadcast. And, and, uh, and I pray that this message would reach uh, the multitudes. And I pray that, that, that uh, ultimately that people would come to a saving knowledge of, <coughs> of Christ. And so, Lord... Hide us behind the cross tonight. Lord, do that, please. And uh, I have no doubt in my mind, Lord, that we're a target of Satan this evening. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll protect us by your mighty hand. And not only this pastor, but this pastor's family and this pastor's people. Lord, (coughs) help us and protect us tonight, please. And we love you. And thank you for all your goodness to us. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake and all God's people said, amen. Well, I believe without a shadow of a doubt, one of the most common phrases that you'll hear in the South is this one, bless your heart. Bless your heart. We hear that all the time. I hear it all the time. I know that because my little redhead uses that phrase constantly. Bless your heart. Bless their heart. And, uh, and I know a lot of you, you do the same. Um, and we do. It's just, it's just a part of our, our, our southern culture. It's a part of our southern vernacular. If you drive out uh, to Los Angeles where Brother Zach and Miss Amber are, you're not going to hear that out there. They don't use that, that phrase uh, a whole lot. And uh, they laugh at us out there for, the way, the, for, for using correct English. They, they laugh at us out there. We go out there and, <clears throat> and talk about using a drop cord, and they're like, you use a what? That was a drop cord. You use a what? A drop cord, you idiot. Don't you know what a drop cord is? How many here tonight know what a drop cord is? Yeah, see there? Yeah, we're, see, we're right and they're wrong. And uh, they never say drop cord. They say extension cord, extension cord. Uh, but they never say, bless your heart. That's not, that's, that's not your, their thing. Uh, but we use that term a lot. We use, it, we use it in general conversation. We'll say, oh, bless his heart. Bless your heart. Uh, bless its heart. You know, if we're not talking about a person, we'll say, bless its heart. The car's having trouble, we'll say, bless its heart. Uh, we have to take the, the dog to the vet, we'll say, bless its heart. You know, uh, we use it in general conversation. I'll tell you something else we do. We use it in critical conversation. And we, we really do. We'll say something like this, that kid is nothing but a brat. Bless his heart, you know. <laughs> we do. We're guilty, aren't we? We're guilty of that. Uh, We'll say something like this. That woman, I'm telling you, she can't do anything but run her mouth. Bless her heart. I mean, that... And it's just, it's, it's how we talk. We use it in critical conversation. We use it in expressing compassionate conversation. We'll use it at the funeral home. We'll use it when we're visiting the hospital. And we should. I'm not against that, by the way. I'm not making fun of that. Uh, if somebody comes to us and we're making conversation and they say, man, I, I worked 60 hours this week. We'll say, bless your heart, man. 
uh, I'm working a lot of overtime right now. I'm really tired. And we'll say, well, bless your heart. Or if we know somebody that's going through a storm or going through a valley, we'll say, bless your heart. Man, I'm praying for you. Bless your heart. And uh, now, again, I'm just trying to get that, that phrase in your mind. We use that phrase a lot, especially here in the South. But in this passage in Deuteronomy chapter 29, on a serious note, we find God becoming very displeased because disobedient men are blessing their own heart. That's what's going on. People that are living in absolute defiance against God and absolute disobedience are trying to portray that they're still experiencing the blessings of the Lord. That's what's going on in Deuteronomy chapter 29. And I'm going to be honest, it gets God really, really upset. Now, I want us to notice a number of lessons tonight. I'll put a lot of things on your screen this evening, and we're going to use a lot of references this evening. But I want to, I want to just give you some practical applications that we learned tonight from the Scripture that we read this evening, and we'll do our best to make this quickly, quick tonight. Number one, we see the application of exclusion. The application of exclusion. Now, look in your Bibles, Deuteronomy 29. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Look at verse 18. Again, uh, lest, there be, lest there should be among you man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turneth away this day from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations, lest there should be among you a root that beareth gall and wormwood. Now, don't forget what we learned Sunday, that gall and wormwood is the idea of poison, poisonous bitter plants. And the Lord is saying this, that if you get involved in idolatry, this is a spiritual application, if you get involved in the poison of idolatry, you're, gonna, you're, you're going to infect people around you. That's what he's saying. If you get involved in the worship of, of a false god, you're going to infect your children. You're going to infect your family. You're going to ultimately infect those that are around you. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about idolatry here, false gods in verse number 18. But look at verse 19. The Bible says, and it come to pass when he heareth the words of this curse that he bless himself in his heart saying, I shall have peace though I walk in the imagination of mine heart to add drunkenness to thirst. In other words, this wicked man is saying this, I can live in disobedience and still experience the blessing of God. That's what he's saying. Well, I know what Moses says. I know what the law says, but I'm just telling you that I'm excluded from that. You see, I can, I can live in disobedience against the Lord and I can still experience the blessing of God. Now, is that important to teach tonight? I think it's very important to teach. And the reason is because we're there. How many know that people never change? Times change, the calendar changes, the clock changes, people do not change. And the same problems that they were having back in Moses' day, we're still having those same problems today. And the facade that the world is trying to portray is this one. I can do my own thing and still experience the blessing of God. Are they not trying to do that? That's exactly why wicked politicians like Nancy Pelosi and I'm not preaching politics tonight. I'm preaching righteousness tonight. And so uh, am I delving into the, po the political world? No, I am righteously indignant tonight. And that's why wicked politicians like Nancy Pelosi can fight tooth and nail for the murdering of unborn babies and then go to the Catholic church and want to take part in communion. 
because they want to live any way they want to live and do anything they want to do and talk any way they want to talk and they want to be involved in any kind of unrighteousness that they can be involved in and then they want to back up and say, by the way, I'm blessed of God. Don't lie to me. I was born in the night, but I wasn't born last night. And yet that's what's going on here in this world. Did you know the Bible says in Isaiah 5 and verse number 20, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for, uh, for sweet and sweet for bitter. And yet that's the position of the lost and a liberal world, that I can live contrary to righteousness, I can live contrary to the word of God, and I'm blessed. And I'm here to tell us tonight, church, that's a smoke screen. And it's a satanic smoke screen. Now, you can, you, you can bebop around all day long and try to tell me that you're blessed of God and God is blessing you, but um, uh, that's contrary to the word of God. Now, look what he says. In Deuteronomy 29, and look at verse number 20. So here's this man that says, I can do what I want to do. And I'm going to bless my own heart. I mean, man, God's, I, I'm receiving the blessings of the Lord. Well, let's find out what God says about this. Deuteronomy 29, verse 20. The Bible says the Lord will not spare him. But then the, uh, the anger of the Lord and his jealousy shall smoke against that man. And all the curses that are written in this book shall lie upon him. And the Lord shall blot out his name from under heaven. And the Lord shall separate him into evil uh, uh, out of all the tribes of Israel according to all the curses of the covenant that are written in this book of the law. You say, well, pastor, that's Old Testament. You know, when are you ever going to get out of the Old Testament error? You want New Testament? Let's get some New Testament in on this thing tonight, all right? How about Luke chapter 6 and verse number 49? The Bible says, but he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Here's a man that builds his house on the sand and he says, look at my house. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Man, my house is awesome. And the Bible says just as soon as the storm comes, man, it falls apart. And that's exactly, oh man, I feel some preach coming on tonight. That's exactly what's going on in our nation. And that's why we've got the most educated generation we've ever had in our lives. I mean, we've got more people going to college probably than ever before. We're doing more for, uh, more things for people in the government and paying more people's bills and giving them phones and giving them houses and giving them cars. And yet we are falling apart I, at the seams. Why? I'll tell you why. Because you're not going to build this nation on the sand uh, apart from the righteousness of God and receive God's blessing. It's not going to happen. 1 John 3, verse 10, the Bible says this, In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. And so these politicians who fight for abortion and fight for murder and fight for unrighteousness and, and just do their best to try to infect your kids with poison uh, and get them to serve other gods. Let me tell you something. They can say all day long that they're religious, religious, but let me tell you what they are. They are wicked and they are not of God. Say, so Pastor, you need to calm down. Any time to calm down, it's time to get fired up. I think, don't, don't y'all think we've calmed down long enough? 
Oh, I think we've calmed down long enough. How I many when you can't even turn on the television anymore without seeing, uh, without seeing absolute wickedness and godliness and, and, and putrid immorality. And uh, uh, I'm telling you, buddy, it's, just, it, it's about time that somebody gets fired up and starts telling it like it is. And so we see, number one, we see the, we're not in the rough stuff yet, so just hang on, all right? I'm just getting you ready. We see the application of exclusion, but this is the one I really want to talk to you about tonight. We see the application of enlightenment. Enlightenment. Now, this is so important. And if we don't get through anything else, I want you to really pay attention to this point. Not only do we see the application of exclusion, we see the application of enlightenment. Now, look at Deuteronomy 29 and verse number 29. The Bible says the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. Look at this. But those things which are what? Those things are which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever that we may do all the works of this law. What a great verse. And so God makes it so clear here. I'm going to read, it's so good, I want to read it again. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So what's the Bible saying here? There are some things that are exclusively known to God. We preached on this the other day. We talked about mysteries. How many remember that? We talked about the mysteries of God. There are some things that are mysteries there are some things that only God, that only God is going to, that has complete, figure, figured it out. Uh, we, we, we'll do our best to teach on the Trinity, the triune God, but I'm going to be honest with you, that at the end of the day, it's hard to understand. You know why? It's a mystery, at least to an extent. Uh, there's just some things you're not going to wrap your mind completely around. Listen, what kind of God is it that you can completely figure out? And so there are some things that God has not revealed to us. We know some about heaven. We don't know everything about heaven. Uh, and so there are some things that are only known to God. But listen to this, church. But God is letting us know here this, that I have a revealed will. There are some things that you're never going to figure out because it's a mystery of God. But there are some things, God. this is what God is saying. There are some things you don't have to guess at. There are some things that are publicly proclaimed in the precepts of the written word of God. And so someone says, preacher, that's a mystery. Well, there are some mysteries. But there are some truths that are revealed to us. God has revealed them to us and our children so that we can live in the word of God. Well, let's talk about that a little bit tonight. How about this one? Number one, God has revealed his will in morality. Everybody good so far? God has revealed his will in morality. By the way, I'm not preaching. I'm not mad at anybody tonight, but I'm, I'm awful mad at the devil. Aren't, aren't, we, uh, aren't we sick and tired of seeing him ruin lives and homes and marriages and families? 
man, have we just about got as much of that as we can take? Because I'm not mad at anybody tonight. I'm just mad. I'm just mad at the devil. God has revealed his will and morality. What do you mean, preacher? Here we, here we go. Young people, hear me out on this. There is no such thing as transgender. He said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Whoa, no, 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 you better wait a minute. Because I've come here with my homework done. There's no such thing. There's no such creature. There, there's, now, there are people who say they are. But just because you say something doesn't mean I can say I'm a chair. I'm a chair. You say, preacher, you're not a chair. Don't you say that. You're going to offend me. I'm a chair. Don't you see my cushion? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a chair. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm just, listen, I'm just telling you, there's no such thing as transgender. Now, I understand that there's wicked folks and confused folks who are trying to convince humans or convince us that humans have no specific gender. And, and my wife and I had this conversation last night, and I was mad last night. I, and I, I told her, I said, I am so sick. I am so sick of seeing this stuff shoved in our face, and uh, I'm sick of it, where they want us to think that it's perfectly normal for a man, a hairy-legged, six-foot, 220-pound man, to put on a dress and stockings and earrings and makeup uh, and, uh, and eyelashes and prance around uh, like he's a woman. I'm telling you, there is no such thing as transgender. Why are you preaching this, preacher? Because I think some young people need to hear the truth tonight. Did you know we have people on Capitol Hill? We have people on Capitol Hill. I'm telling you, man, Brother Mike, help me. I'm Pray for me tonight. I'm, I'm having a hard time with this. We have people on Capitol Hill, not only on Capitol Hill, but people in the White House who will not tell you if you were to ask them, can a man get pregnant? They won't answer it. That's right, Chuck. Bless their heart. <laughs> Fellas, you can do a lot of things. I'm just telling you, there's some things you can't do. <laughs> That's <laughs> Bless your heart, brother. That's right. That's right. And it's, you know, it's, it's disturbing because they want us to put our stamp of approval on that which is not reality. So now we're, now we're living in this culture, church is happening right now. We have public school teachers who are being, who are being trained uh, on pronouns, okay? And so if a boy, if a boy, I'm talking about a boy, he don't have a dress on, he doesn't have high heels on, he walks into the class with a pair of jeans and a t-shirt on, he is a boy, I mean, he is a boy's boy, he's a man's man, and he walks in and he tells the teacher, you're to refer to me as her. Then that teacher under our new system, our teacher, the teacher, is supposed to refer to that boy as a girl. Church, I'm telling you something. We're so mixed up, we don't even know which way is right anymore. And so there is no such thing as transgender. Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female... Created he them. 
Genesis 5.22, male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam, humankind, in the day when they were created. Deuteronomy 22.5, the woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Now, church, I'm just telling you, this is God's revealed will. I'm not making this stuff up. This is God's revealed will. And I'm going to tell you something else. It's not only God's revealed will, but it is a reality of creation. A person, listen to me, kids, listen to me. A person is born with either XY chromosomes or XX chromosomes. If you're born with XY, you're a boy. If you're born with XX, you're a female. You say, well, no, preacher, wait a minute. You see, you, you didn't study this out. Oh, yeah, I studied it a lot more than you think I did. You say, preacher, but what about those kids that are born both ways? What about those children that have ab abnormalities, deformities with anatomy? And there are some of those. And usually those deformities are corrected medically at a later time, but hear me out, hear me out on this. 18 infants out of 14,200 are born with some type of sexual abnormality. Anatomy, I'm talking about anatomy. So 18 out of 14,200, but please listen, what I'm about to tell you, but even those kids that have some type of abnormality possess either XY chromosome or XX. Church, listen. Does, is a baby occasionally born with a deformity? Yes. Sometimes babies are born without a hand. Sometimes babies are, are, are born without two ears. Occasionally a child might be born without an eye. And sometimes a baby might be born with some kind of a sexual ab abnormality, but they are still XX or XY. You say, preacher, I don't believe that. Check it out. <laughs> Check it out. Don't take my word for it. Check it out. They are still born either a male or a female. Your sex is genetically determined by God Almighty. Amen. Now, I said all that to say this. Be thankful for who you are. And be thankful for how God made you. If you're a boy, be glad you're a boy. And if you're a girl, listen, thank God you're a girl. Amen. Amen. Hey, fellas, man, thank God you're a man. Amen. And you ladies, thank God that, thank God that you're not a hairy-legged, selfish, egotistical, uh, you know, smell. And thank God you're not a man. And thank God you're a woman. God made you special. And so be thankful for how God made you, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as transgender. You see, here's what I'm saying. Enlightenment, God has revealed his will concerning morality. What are you talking about, Pastor? Marriage is between a man and a woman. Not the same gender. You say, I know, but, 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 but preacher, you see, times have changed. Times have changed. But this book hasn't changed. Genesis 2.24, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, 
and they shall be one flesh. Leviticus 18.22, thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. Romans 1.26, for this cause God gave them up into vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. Now I know that we have an enemy that's waging a propaganda crusade right now. They really are. And they're doing their best to, uh, to infiltrate and to poison the minds of our kids. Uh, and, and we have, uh, even in our churches today, we have kids that are questioning truth and questioning reality. Uh, and, and I understand that we have young people that are confused, and I get that, and I'm not preaching against those kids, and I'm not down on those kids at all tonight. Um, and I don't even hate the homosexual. Are, are you listening to me tonight. I don't even hate the homosexual. If they want to come to me, I'll lead them to Jesus. I'll be glad to do that. But I'm just telling you, my dear friend, it is my job to come here tonight and tell you that God has a revealed will. And it doesn't matter what the Democratic Party says, and it doesn't matter what the Republican Party says, and it doesn't matter what Fox News says or CNN says, and it doesn't matter what UNC Chapel Hill says, and it doesn't matter what UCLA says. I'm just telling you, God has a will that's been revealed. And God said, I want men to marry women. And I want women to marry men. Now, here's what it comes down to, church. It comes down to this book right here. We either believe this book or we don't. We talk about that here at Calvary. Biblical authority. You either believe the word of God or you don't believe the word of God. And so God has a revealed will concerning morality. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about abortion is morally wrong. It's morally wrong. Sometimes I'm tempted to just go off on a tangent, man. I'm telling you. These people. These, these politicians and these protesters who want to who wanna try to say that you can abort a baby right before it's born and it's totally acceptable. Isn't, isn't this amazing? Let me tell you how mixed up we are. Let me tell you how mixed up we are in America. If there's a lady that's eight months pregnant and somebody's impaired under the influence and this pregnant lady this pregnant mother is going home she's eight months pregnant and this impaired driver crosses the yellow line hits her head on and kills her baby they will send that man to jail for killing that child and yet a mom can go into an abortion clinic at nine months pregnant ready to give birth and a doctor can commit an abortion Now, if you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I've had an abortion, well, thank God there's forgiveness at the cross. I'm not preaching that at all tonight. Uh, I'm just telling you that uh, don't, if you're a a medical professional, a nurse, a doctor, and I don't care how much learning you've had, don't look at me and try to tell me that it's right and it's justified when you're pulling out little arms and legs and and heads uh, all all in separate pieces. I'm telling you, man, we... Uh, we are, we're wicked in America. And we're trying to, we're trying to justify it. 
Psalm 139, verse 14, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well my substance. The psalmist said, my substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Did you God knew what color eyes you were going to have before you had them? Did you know that God knew what color hair you were going to have before you had it? Somebody says, preacher, my nose is too long. Well, I don't think so. Your nose is long as as long as God wanted your nose to be long. Somebody says, pastor, my ears stick out too far. I don't think so. Your ears stick out as far as God wanted them to stick out. You see, you're a designer model. And God don't make no junk. Amen. That's right. That's exactly right. And so abortion is morally wrong. Jeremiah 1, uh, verses 4 and 5. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Behold, I form, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. How about Isaiah 49, 1? How about uh, Deuteronomy 27, 25? How about Exodus 21, 22 through 25? You can go back and watch the live stream and get all these verses. <laughs> all that to say abortion is morally wrong. It's wrong. And, and I'm going to be honest, church, we, we, we shouldn't vote for a Supreme Court justice that's for abortion. And we shouldn't vote for a governor that's for abortion. And he says, well, I know, but I, you know, I go to the church, you know. Okay. Bless your heart. Which is what he's doing. I'm for a woman's right to choose. Yeah, we're going to church this Sunday. Yeah, bless your heart. Yeah. Yeah. But God said, you can say you got my blessing, but you don't really have my blessing. How about, how, about, how about this? Adultery and fornication are morally unacceptable. 1 Thessalonians 4.3, for this is the will of God. Oof. God said, this is so important, I'm going to tell you, point blank. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. How about 1 Corinthians 6, 18, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. Fornication, what is, what is fornication? I don't hear much preaching on fornication anymore. Fornication. Any type of illicit sexual intercourse, which includes adultery, fornication, homosexuality, lesbianism, bestiality. Adultery and fornication are morally unacceptable. Proverbs 6.32, but whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. Now, I know what the world is portraying. It's okay. Just do your own thing. But that's not what God said. You see, there are some things that are mysteries, but this is not one of them. God said, I have a revealed will when it comes to morality. We're to keep ourselves pure. Hey, kids, until you have one of these on your finger, keep yourself holy. You say, Pastor, nobody does that. Yeah, there are still some standing. Not everybody's bowed the knee to bail. You save yourself for that young lady that God has for you. You save yourself for that young man that God has for you. Keep yourself holy. 
You fellas, uh, including this fella right here, if you're married, keep your eyes on your wife. Keep your hands on your wife. Be faithful to your woman. And ladies, be faithful to your man. You see, God has a revealed will concerning morality. We stayed there very long tonight, but let me, let me say this. God has a revealed will in idolatry. Exodus chapter 20, verses 3, and, uh, 3 through 5, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children under the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. God has a revealed will in idolatry. How about Exodus 34, verse 14, or Isaiah 26 and verse number 13, idolatry. Well, preacher, I would never bow down to some kind of, you know, I'm not gonna bow down to some kind of little false idol. I would never do that. No, but I tell you what a lot of people are doing. They're bowing down to a football. Bowing down to a little golf ball. Going to be in church Sunday? No, man, the, the tournament's on. What? The tournament? You mean that golf ball saved your soul? You mean to tell me that baseball died on a cross for you? And yet we're going we're gonna to stay out of church because NASCAR is going to go around this track 500 times? I mean, that, that, that's what I'm saying. We are, we, we may not bow down to some kind of little false god, but I'm gonna tell you what, buddy, idolatry is rampant in America today. I'll tell you something else quickly here, here tonight. God has revealed will and cordiality. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, listen to this. And this was so important, God said it point blank. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. How about Psalm 100, verse number four? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. You know what God's saying? It's my will, it's my revealed will that we be a grateful people. Can I ask you a question? Do you have an attitude of gratitude? Do I have an attitude of gratitude? Well, sometimes I get a little selfish. I tell you all that. But I do sometimes. Sometimes I get in, in a way and the Holy Spirit comes up and, and boy, I'm glad he don't hit me with a hammer. I'm glad he's that still small voice and he just comes up and he says, are you being grateful today? Are you thankful that you're saved? Are you grateful that you have two eyes that see? Are you thankful that you had food to put in your belly today? And a lot of times, church, you know what? I have to confess. And I say, no, Lord, I, I wasn't thankful like I should have been. And so God has a revealed will. We see the application of exclusion, of enlightenment. We're done. We're done tonight. We've got to be done, don't we? How about this? Last of all, we see the application of encouragement, of encouragement. Now, I was going to read Deuteronomy 30, verses 1 through 3. I'll let you, I'll let you read that later in your uh, devotions, Deuteronomy 30, verses 1 through 3. Let me just close tonight by saying this, that if you and I will simply obey, you know what our Bible says? You're going to experience the blessing of God if we'll obey. 
The songwriter said it like this, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. We've seen that little kid's song that says obedience is very best way to show that you believe doing exactly what the Lord commands and doing it happily. Action is the key to obedience and joy you will receive. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. God said, just obey me. Just obey. Now I want to show you real quickly and we're done tonight. I want you to notice how God blesses those who obey him. And it's right here. It's right here in our passage. Look at Deuteronomy 29 again, all right? Deuteronomy 29. And look at verses 5 and 6. Notice how the Lord blesses us if we obey him. First of all, God blesses us with provision. Deuteronomy 29, verse 5. Look at this, church. This is so good. God said, and I have, and I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years, <laughs> And he says, your clothes are not waxing old upon you, and thy shoe is not waxing old upon thy foot. In other words, church, I can't even explain this, but for 40 years, their clothes never wore out. If, you went, if there would have been a goodwill back in Moses' day, and you would have went to it, there would have been nothing there. <laughs> God said, I caused your clothes, no holes, they never, they never wore out, and your, your uh, shoe never wore out. You didn't have holes in your shoes. He said in verse 6, you have not eaten bread, neither have you drunk wine or strong drink, that ye might know that I am the Lord your God. God said, I provided for you. You know why I provided for you? Because you obeyed me. Just obey me, and I'll meet your needs. And you may not drive a Cadillac, but you may. And you may not have a home in the country club, you may. But I'm just telling you this, if you'll obey God, you know what God says? I'll take care of your needs. I'll take care of your needs. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. You don't have to be anxious. Listen, if you'll just obey me, God said, I'll provide for you. But not only provision, but we see something else. Number two, God blesses with, God blesses with protection. Look at Deuteronomy 29, verse 7. This is good. Verse 7. He said, and when you came into this place, Sihon, the king of Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, came out against us unto battle. Oh, I like this next little phrase. And he said, and we smoked them. And we smoked them. We whooped them. And we took their land. We not only whooped them, but we took their land and gave it for an inheritance unto the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh. And so God blesses us with provision. God blesses us with protection. Take something else, church. God blesses us with prosperity. Look at Deuteronomy 29, verse number 9. Verse 9. He says, keep therefore, keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them that ye may prosper in all that ye do. You know what God is saying, church? If we'll just obey, God said, I'll prosper you. I'll take care of you. If you'll just obey me, I'll take care of your marriage. If you'll just obey me, listen, I'll take care of the church. Just obey me. God blessed us with prosperity. And last of all tonight, how about this? God blessed us with a promise. Now, somebody says, Pastor, but everything you've preached tonight, this is all Old Testament. Pastor, this is not for me. 
This is for Moses and the children of Israel. That's, that's who it's, it's addressed to. But I want you to see something, church. This is not just a promise to the Israelites, but this is a promise to all those who will obey the Lord and be faithful to him. Look in your Bibles again. We're done. Deuteronomy 29, verse 10. Deuteronomy 29, verse 10. You stand this day, all of you, before the Lord your God, your captains of your tribes, your elders and your officers with all the men of Israel. You say, see their preacher? He's talking to Israel. Well, let's read on. Your little ones, your wives, and thy stranger that is in thy camp from the hewer of thy wood unto the, the drawer of thy water. He said, Pastor, I don't have anybody cuts my wood or draws my water. Well, let's read on. That thou shouldest enter into covenant with the Lord thy God and into his oath which the Lord thy God maketh with thee this day that he may establish thee today for a people unto himself and that he may be unto thee a God as he has said unto thee and as he has sworn unto thy fathers to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Look at verse 14. Neither with you only do I make this covenant and this oath. Hmm. Neither with you only, children of Israel, do I make this covenant and this oath, but with him that standeth here with us this day before the Lord our God, and also with him that is not here with us this day. We weren't standing with them when Moses gave the law, but God said, I'll make you a promise. Not only will I bless Abraham and Isaac and Moses and the children of Israel when they obey me, but he said, hey, 2022, if you'll obey me, I'll bless you just like I bless them. Amen. Blessing, blessing. And God says, listen, you just obey. If you'll do right, church, you can expect the blessings in the favor of the Lord. It was my sophomore year. Sophomore year, I went to West Iredell High School my sophomore year in, in high school. And we had a literature class. If I'd have known I was going to be a preacher Boy, I would have paid a lot better attention, I'll be honest with you. But anyway, we were in literature class. We came in that day and we sat down and the teacher said, take out your literature books and turn to page so-and-so. And she said, today, kids, we're going to read a play. Well, I hated that. I, I hate to tell you all that, but I just, I hated that. I hated plays. I hated to do the role play thing. I just, I know that's wrong. Y'all pray for me, amen. But I did, I just hated it. And so she began to go around the room and she began to assign the parts to the, to the different kids. And, and I noticed that as she assigned those parts in the script to the different kids, they began to, there was a laughter that began to break out in the classroom. And I thought, I wonder what, you know, I wonder what the laughter's about. So I started thumbing through the story that we're getting ready to read and the thing is just laced with profanities. And so Dave was gonna be you know, free space, get out of jail. You can cuss in class all you want. And nobody's going to say anything about it. And it's all been assigned by the teacher. And so these kids are looking at their parts and they're thinking, man, it's got curse words in it. I'm going to read these curse words in class. And so they're like, yeah. And my heart sunk. And I thought, oh, no. She hadn't got to me yet. I thought, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Help my part not to have any cussing in it. She finally got to me and she said, Stephen, you're going to read this part. And I, man, I turned over there and sure enough, the part that I was supposed to read had profanities in it. I never heard my mom and dad curse one time in my entire life. In my entire life. 
I never heard my mama use God's name in vain, not one time in my entire life. My mom's 88 years old, maybe watching tonight. I never heard, heard her use God's name in vain, not one time in my entire life. I never heard my, my parents curse. My pastor's one of the, the godliest men I ever knew. My pastor taught me that evil communications corrupt good manners. He taught me that, that you're not to let corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. And I'm thinking, Lord, what am I going to do? So I'm looking at my partner, it's got curse words in it. And, you know, she starts to play, and all the kids start reading, and they're cussing here and there and saying profanities and all this kind of thing. And it finally came my time to read. And I, so this is what I did. I read the words I could read, and I skipped all the profanities. And they stopped. The class stopped. And they said, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. He skipped some words. Ha, 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 ha. And out of a class of about 30 or 35 kids, I said, I'm not reading those words. Now, they laughed. Boy, did they ever laugh at my expense. A few weeks later, a few days, a few weeks later, I was in the field with my dad. We were splitting wood, big, gigantic pile of wood. We were splitting wood. My dad was not the kind that always praised you for everything you did. He just wasn't that kind. And we were working, splitting wood, and my dad said, Hey, son. He said, I heard about what happened the other day. I said, what do you mean, Dad? He said, I heard. I heard what happened in the literature class. And he said, I heard about the stand that you took. And then he said this, I just want you to know something. I'm proud of you. Man, I was so glad that I obeyed that day. Hey, Calvary Baptist Church, can I tell you all something? God's keeping a record. God's keeping a record. You just keep living for Jesus and just keep obeying and just keep doing. Popular? No. Popular with the world? No. Are you and I going to win any popularity contest with the world? Probably not. But you just keep obeying and stay faithful. And there is a God who one of these days, because of your obedience, is going to reward you greatly. Isn't that a blessing? Let's pray together. Father, we love you. I hope, Lord, we've said what you wanted said tonight. I think we have. Lord, I pray that you'll use it for your praise and your glory. Father, you've called us to be a holy nation, a peculiar people. Father, we we don't have the convenience of, of living like the world and doing what the world does. Father, we have to be different. Now, we don't have to be mean about it. We can be loving. Lord, not everybody's going to understand what I preach tonight. Not everybody's going to understand that when they walk in here on Sunday. I certainly understand that. And you understand that. And so, Lord, help us to do our best to, to, to love them and get them to the Savior so they can get saved and the Holy Spirit of God can come to live inside of them. And He can begin to, to show them and reveal to them the truths that we've talked about tonight. Father, maybe there's someone here tonight that just needs forgiveness at the cross. Well, I'm so glad you're a forgiving God. Lord, you don't hate them. You don't dislike them. If they've failed, if they've made a mistake, if they've disobeyed, Father, you're willing to forgive. You're willing to forget. And you're willing to restore them. 
and use them. Again, that's what's so great about you and what's so great about this kind of a church. But Father, help us to be righteous people and help us to be holy. Lord, I pray that you'll bless in this invitation. Have your way tonight. And we sure thank you and love you now in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Hey, can I ask a a question? We're going to go tonight. How many are here this evening say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that I would go to heaven if I died. And as a testimony to that, you just slip your hand up this evening and say, Preacher, I know that I'm saved. Praise the Lord. That's a blessing. You can lower your hands. And I know this is mainly our folks here tonight, but I want to ask this question. Is there anybody here tonight who would say, Pastor, I could not raise my hand if I died tonight. I'm not sure of heaven. I'm not sure that I'm saved. I want you to pray for me. Is there one anywhere? Can I pray for you tonight? Is there one anywhere tonight? Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure of heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there one here tonight? I'm going to pray for that little hand. Hey, listen. Church member, if you have stepped away from the things of the Lord, and I guess from time to time we all have, if you've gotten away from the things of the Lord, I'm glad to tell you that there is a forgiving God. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you'll find your way to Him, listen, He'll forgive you. And He'll not only forgive you, He'll restore you. And He'll use you for His glory and His honor. I think about those little ladies, those little girls that never had any kind of instruction, went out and had an abortion somewhere. Well, you say, preacher, can that young lady be forgiven? Absolutely they can. Surely, yes. Not only can they be forgiven, God will use them again. Somebody that's went out into sin and messed up their testimony and their life, Maybe even in immorality. Somebody says, Pastor, can they be forgiven? Absolutely. There's forgiveness at the cross. And God will restore them again. And so, hey, listen, we're going to pause just for a moment. Let's just stand around the house tonight, if you would, please. And we're going to pause just for, just for a second, just for a minute. And if you need to come tonight, if, if you need to come, the altar's open. We'll be here. If we can help you pray about something or Just anything at all tonight, you come while we wait, while we wait. If you have a need and you'd like us to pray, you come. If I see you coming, I'll come pray with you tonight. Would you come while we wait this evening?